it opens and he immediately takes um what is it called dextrin yes which is like what they give to people with adhd so it's it's so much more like stimulating too so i had a friend who was um well actually paul and i have a buddy who used to be addicted to dextrin um and Mm. he's this australian and he would like call them dexies or whatever i don't know um and his face looks he's 35 but he looks so old and wrinkly and his face is so leathery and it literally it's from lack of sleep that's probably what ages you the quickest and this man looks like he is 47 truly anybody walking down the street would be like oh that old uh daddy what older man but he's so young still and he his whole throughout his whole 20s he was addicted to meth and dextrin and his skin definitely paid for it (laughs) it's so rough out Um, here so it is today we're talking today we're talking about um bob fossey's all that jazz and the musical chicago which he was working on as the director and he was also directing another film and he was trying to do both at the same time and that served as the basis for all that jazz that's why I wasn't in love with all that jazz I'm like okay this is just about you you know what I'm saying like to me it was really just a movie about speed um (laughs) and I I would say 30 minutes into this movie, I immediately thought to myself, why is this movie like a shiny nightmare? Every single scene is this sparkly, sequiny, yes. terrifying night terror. <laughs> it's a psychedelic nightmare. I no, mean, it, it re- is. It reminded me of when I had my bad trip back in, in June I le- and I thought I was dying. <laughs> like, that's literally what it felt like. Here, here's the thing. Do if you have a bad experience um, high off of weed, is that technically considered a trip? You know what I'm saying? Do people, can you really trip off of, like, I'm I'm not uh, down not with the- not denying my experience. No, no, I'm not denying your experience, <laughs> but I, I really, cause I've had similar experiences uh, with uh, marijuana, but can one really trip? I don't know, drug people out there, tell tell me. Yes. <laughs> but I, I always think I'm like, is it really like cool to say I was tripping on, I had a trip or- On marijuana. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it feels like, maybe you can experience ego death possibly, but- I mean, I felt like I was like, in a battle between good and evil it really yeah did. that that is how it feels like uh, that is yeah that's that is what it feels like um but to me, i mean to me the film shows like the destructive nature of show business on like the on the self oh my god and you know what is so funny it that this movie like anybody who has worked in entertainment or any facet of entertainment will know um the sensation like the body bodily sensation still like applies um the kind of drive to keep going and going because there's a limit of there's no limit to a threshold in which you're you're allowed to work because you're a contractor and you can just go 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 um and that means like there's all this money that 
is could be possibly within arm's reach and you people do people have do and have you know made so much money um but there's always uh something there's you have to pay for it and you're um i think in a dance con context it's very interesting because most people start aging out of their like athletic abilities by like 28s 30, 35. Right. So Bob Fosse was a dancer and then mm -hmm. he transitioned to like choreographer. And mm -hmm. and in, in the in the film, uh Joe, the character that um is based off of Bob Fosse, is like kind of in like like he's artistically stuck a little bit because he's choreographing the show and like he doesn't really know where to go with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you, you have to like see and like understand like what what is driving Joe. But I don't know if we necessarily yeah. got that. In the and the film. thing, and the thing is, um, he's only able to only reason why he's able to uh, direct the show in the first place and have the energy to do that is because um, he's fueled by like drugs and. Um, mm -hmm though that if the drug like drug if the drug part of his life wasn't there his directing career wouldn't exist um, exactly but That's then his directing career is like going nowhere like the show is going nowhere nobody knows what to do where where to go um so it's like this endless loop of like failure essentially yeah it's, it's like we, i don't know if we necessarily ever get why like joe is so attracted to being a dancer artist you know mm -hmm. which i think is like a, a, a very it, important part of his, like his story yeah and that's a it's an addict thing i mean Overall, this movie was essentially about Bob Fosse and it was about the 70s and uh, these, yeah, it was about like these weird sequiny psychedelic uh, dance and uh, song and dance uh, numbers that are incredibly long and there's a lot of boobs. Um, and it's uh, very yes. confusing and terrifying. And it also kind of feels like a, um, like a morality play too. Cause there's like the whole scene you know he's the moral is don't do <laughs> don't do speed yeah well no like he like he, there's all these like sequences of him talking to angelique who's like the angel of death played by jessica lang and 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 then like there's the the sequence at the end where his daughter and ex-wife and his current lover are like dancing in front of him telling him like he has to keep going like he you know he has to be you know like and to mm -hmm. try to be a better person like all these like people that he's like fucked over in his life like are there it's just it was it felt like a medieval morality play a little bit it felt like I was in purgatory yes really I, that too. I was in this weird it made me very uncomfortable um and it these sequences kept going so long and it got progressively more and more sparkly to the point where I was thinking I don't know if I'm bored or I feel like I need to escape and like walk away from this yeah, yeah, yeah. well no you like know? that that moment when he looks at the nurse and he like writes on the pad like am I alive that's how I felt when I was having my my bad high I was literally Oof. like looking at my friends and like am I still alive like is this heaven mm -hmm. <laughs> like 
Listen, we've all been there. It's, we've all been yes, there. And like watching this movie, I was like, holy shit. Like I'm literally like reliving that through this film. Like that's why I'm so fragile and frail, frail mm. that um, sometimes if I smoke too much weed and I do, there's this very small, like low threshold of weed that I can smoke until I similarly feel that way am I alive and I um I think like okay if I can't take this I really should not do any other kind of recreational drugs at all um you know let's be honest most times most of the time when I smoke weed it's really just because I want to feel cool like I won't lie about that And I also like do like little mind games with myself where it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like this time it's going to be a great experience. I'm going to set the scene. I'm really going to like parse out my dosage and everything's going to be. And usually it's just a a very lukewarm experience at the end of the day. And then I don't. And it implicates and it implicates your sleep. It's not it's not good for your sleep. Yes, and it makes you like incredibly like paranoid and anxious, you know, if you're not in the right headspace, which is yeah. what happened to me. Okay, <laughs> I have been ordering, I did something stupid. I ordered a 12 pack of some stupid CBD drinks. Okay, and I just ordered some CBD capsules. From where? Uh, um, It was... <laughs> It was from this, okay, it is, listen, it's the highest rated CBD beverage, whatever. Okay. It's called Dram. Okay. It tastes not good. And the carbonation like stops after five minutes, but you do feel something. You do feel like a nice little floaty a little bit, but I think even that gave me anxiety or I had trouble digesting it because it just felt heavy on my stomach. Uh Um, I don't do you know. Might, do you think it might have been like a placebo kind of thing? Like you're taking it and it's like your brain is telling yourself that you're getting anxious. Mm, that's a possibility. I was only drinking it at, at night, like right before bed. I don't know. I have no idea, but that was a waste of money. So on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. See, I just bought these like CBD capsules. I'm just going to, and normally the ones I take like have caffeine in them and I take them like in the morning to like give myself an extra boost wait 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 that that confuses me how do you mix CBD and caffeine I know I I literally thought I had the same exact scam I know it has to be a scam I literally had the same exact thought but then do do you well here's the thing I guess at the end of the day it doesn't matter do you have uh, a positive placebo yeah, a <laughs> experience bit. it does it does help me like mellow out in the morning yeah. before work I mean it's all about mindset it really is about, it's the mindset. about mindset mindset matters people mm-hmm. <laughs> see if Joe had a better mindset you know he might have like not have like crashed and burned the way he did the the sequence that he does every morning taking the dextrin putting the visine in the eyes and then the Alka, mm. the Alka Seltzer at the very end is just the cherry on top because I feel like that's such an 80s thing, like drinking yeah. an Alka. You know, I if I'm hungover, if I'm ever hungover today, uh, I don't really reach for the Alka Seltzer because now um, we have uh, liquid IV. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> 
but I don't know. Is it? Do you agree? Or it's like I feel like the Alka Seltzer thing is so old, or probably. I, I, mean, I have never seen any any of my contemporaries using Alka Seltzer. No, but no one uses Alka Seltzer anymore, and it's kind of sad because Alka Seltzer is actually very effective. For I did use it for like my you know, when I had my retainer and I had to clean them. Yeah, I've used it before for like digestion or I don't some maybe acid reef what do you use it for acid reflux all i know is that maybe. anytime i've taken it before it's worked for whatever i have um but yeah that is like a cute like cherry on top of this. so why was joe's like eyes so blood is that because of the the eye droplets that he was taking that they were so mm. bloodshot or is that mm. because of like the lack of sleep or so yes when you take <laughs> when you put visine visine is like anti-redness i used to we used to i used to put um biazine in my eyes in college because i smoked so much weed i didn't want to i didn't want to um i didn't want people to notice that i was high my eyes is red eyes were red but if you put visine Uh in your eyes it takes away the redness so if you're hungover lack of sleep um it doesn't you don't really give it away too much but see like i don't know like he was getting so pale in certain mm-hmm. parts I'm like why didn't somebody like notice or say something because everybody looks like that <laughs> everybody was, was like the 1970s yeah well everybody's pale I mean it, it, the setting is like oh everybody's a dancer or, or artisan uh in 79 everyone's doing um staying up late and doing drugs and stuff it's a fun time well and I'm like wondering, like, if all that jazz is a film about like the like the collapse, like a postmodern collapsing of like reality, and it all just like between, you know, because like he, Joe says, like sometimes I don't know where the bullshit ends and the truth begins. That's quite a read, and I think you're onto something. I, like, like I, yeah, that's true. Because there was something, you know, there was. I, it's just like this melting of of reality, you know, and like how like he would have the, then these sequences of him talking to the angel of death, you know. That's why I really, that's why I really felt like I was. Was he dead the entire time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the sixth sense. And I did, that's why I thought I was like in between. Um, I, I felt like I was in purgatory, uh, this movie was purgatory because of that very sentiment or it's like, I don't, I, yeah. And I didn't know what, yeah, I didn't know. You don't know what the hell is real. What's part of the narrative. Um, most of the time uh, when you watch, like I was watching the movie, I was just confused the whole time. I was like, where the hell is this going? Like what, like rap, like someone needs to die now. <laughs> and like wrap yeah, it up. And like- it was like was it all because then it's like was it all on a film set you know with that that dream sequence like and he's like falling at the beginning that was terrifying that was some like angels in america (sighs) but it really okay why did it this room why did this movie remind me of like some um age of uh, age of aquarius type bullshit like hair like that is really what it gave me like it was like (sighs) hair but without like le- like not as good <laughs> right like the the it was like almost like the spiritual it was like I, I don't even know like, the spiritual like it was dimension. a poorly it was a poorly written hair and it was not 
like it didn't really do anything for my spirits. I didn't really free my spirit. It felt like my spirit was trapped. I, I just, I don't, I, yeah, it's like. But I, I like that the, it's almost like the director, it was like a, the director's open diary journal. That, yes. That, that, that really was what it felt like. You know, like, you yeah, like it truly is like Bob Fosse's like, as an artist, like, and him, like, trying to reckon with himself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, I can only imagine, like, what it would have been like to direct this. I, but here's the thing, I don't even know if he was trying to reckon with himself. I should probably well, I mean, re-watch the, there's a Bob Fosse documentary that I haven't seen in a long time, but. Um, was it good, do you remember? Uh, probably, um, but. Because he, he ends up dying of a heart attack. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably because yeah, he was on crack. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you ever watch the Bob Fosse FX show that Sam Rockwell was on and uh, mm, Michelle Williams played Gwen Verdon? No. I want to watch I it. Because mm-hmm. Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda produced it. Oh, our old boy. Our boy. Our boy. <laughs> Wait, wait, I saw a really funny meme the other day. Oh God, about him. Uh, damn it. I really, I saw it. It's like Lynn, damn it. Oh no, he, it's somebody said like Lin-Manuel Miranda is like the Taylor Swift of something. I don't know. I don't know. I could totally I'll, I'll get see back him to be, you. I could totally that. see him being the Taylor Swift of like musical theater. Cause he's yeah. like, he kind of, but I don't think like Lin-Manuel Miranda thinks that everybody hates him. Or is out to get him. I think he like is the exact opposite. Like he thinks everybody loves him. I'm I'm not sure. I try not to think about him. Although I do think that we for like July 4th, we should do like a Hamilton 1776 episode and compare them. Oh joy. <laughs> I was actually listening to 1776 the other day. And it's a classic. I know. It has, it like, and 1776 is back on Broadway, or it was. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's it's out there, and it's touring the country. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's about to come to Chicago. Boy. I mean, there's actually, I will say there's actually a lot of good plays coming out, and, like, most of the plays I want to see are not going to be in Chicago. Are they like, in New York? Ever. Oh. Well, no, but uh, there is, uh, there's a couple of plays here I may want to see, but I don't know. I'll think about it. I have a lot uh, of things well, to do. <laughs> apparently there's a Bob Fosse musical opening on Broadway this year. I think it's like a, like, tri- like a tribute show. Yeah. It's like probably one of those jukebox. Yeah. Cause there was a musical called Fosse from this, the 1990s. Okay. What that was really popular. We need to put the kibosh on the Fosse. Like it's too much. I understand it's, a legacy, but he was a very influential choreographer. I mean, he inspired Michael Jackson. What about Baryshnikov? Okay, no one, no one <laughs> makes a Bar- no one makes a, it's same in e- equal amount of influence gotcha. in my book. But most people talk about Bob Fosse. It's like well, I don't care about Bob the, Fosse. When are we gonna get the Martha Graham jukebox musical? The Isadora so that's Duncan true. It, jukebox exactly. musical. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Isadora Duncan probably does deserve a jukebox musical if we're being. If she, well, she. She's crazy enough for. Well, there wouldn't be a, maybe there wouldn't be a musical. There would be like, um, a dance showcase, like, 
with ladies put that together yeah why doesn't Cassidy put that together I mean she's a dancer yeah that would be awesome um but no this move uh no uh this movie terrified me um it was really terrifying i i'm glad i'm glad that we exposed ourselves to it maddie yeah i'm glad that i just checked it off my list um and that's a song near the end where they just keep saying i'm going to die i'm going to die i want to die i don't want to live anymore (laughs) i was like you know at the big the first half of the song i'm like okay this is something this reminds me of hair like age of aquarius Mm. it's giving that's what it's giving me um but it went on for so long um I started to lose its luster a little bit. I wasn't even scared at that point. I was like, what is going on? Like, and I I was almost mad because I was like, I feel like I should be stoned, like extremely stoned to the gods. You know, Mm -hmm. I need to be on drugs while watching this. I don't think I could be on drugs while watching it. I think it would set me. No, you would (laughs) have a, you would have a panic attack. You would need need to lay down. Because that moment when he's like, listen like he keeps on repeating the lines from that movie that he's directing like Mm -hmm. death happens in phases you know (laughs) and so I think like throughout the thing he was probably dying the entire time Mm -hmm. and that that is terrible like I'm I just keep thinking about I'm like people before they die like even like when like you're not just like dying of natural causes like are you Mm -hmm. dying in phases you know like people who just like up and die do they do they are they also dying in phases and they don't realize it excuse me i'm sorry repeat what you just said <laughs> what sorry. did you say so like <laughs> when, when people die like they die in phases allegedly and what so do you then, mean? like like they'll have moments where they're like high high moments you know and mm-hmm. where they're like really like lucid and you know and it's it, this is the psychedelic part of death you know, and then they'll get to a part and then their body's like shutting down this entire time, you know, and it happens in like, but I'm curious, like, if yeah, that yeah, happens, yeah, yeah. I'm curious if that only happens. That's true. That's true. I'm only, I'm curious if that only happens when you're dying natural causes or like when you like, you know, say I'm walking down the street and like my heart just like gives out and I die right there. Like, d- was I dying in phases before? That? No, you no, you weren't because anybody could die at any time in like two seconds. I could get hit by a car. That's not natural causes by virtue of the car hitting me. And then maybe, or maybe I get shot and then the bullet goes into my heart. (laughs) You know, I don't go through like maybe five, three phases or whatever. I just die in an instant. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I was just like curious, like, you know, would you be like, like would your body like is there like some like kind of like I'm just and maybe I'm like trying to get at as like is there like a, a plan I'm getting con- I'm, I'm getting cons- who what are you reading <laughs> is there I'm a divine on, plan a, I know I'm on another level <laughs> right now all right I will say something I did uh log into my stupid co-star app today for the first yes. time in like a month what did it say um it said Something's that were very apt, mm-hmm. and some it things that were, does. yeah. But then it said like 
Paul and I reviewed this and we basically decided that CoStar is written for single 22 to 25 year olds. I'll because yeah. t- I'll <laughs> I'll literally read something because I looked at like the love and sex uh mm-hmm. the love and sex yeah the sex and love section of mine says you actualize and perfect yourself through your service to other people but right now your task is to practice unconditional self-love for what you are not what you could be try to locate your pain give it the attention it craves then release it I'm like this is for lonely single people who live with a roommate you know what I'm saying like it was like it says you don't have to punish yourself for not meeting your match and it's like okay here's one it says you uh communications facilitating romance you've been analyzing material possessions or a sense of security you will notice frictionless movement in your romantic or creative life it's like oh my gosh like this is does not apply to me at all like it says it literally says alienated at the top of my thing (laughs) i mean you're very alienated from your apartment yeah but i'm not alienated from my husband in the love and sex section <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, that's, that's I'm not alienated from my lo- I'm not il- definitely not alienated from my love and sex. Let's make that clear. And also, furthermore, I would like to say that there's definitely some um automation that goes into writing these. Um, for example, well, first of all, there's one paragraph on here that says, Are you fortifying your walls? Okay. And it's got what it's, walls? exactly. It says today nothing feels right. You forget this is now this passage really made me think like this is written for single people. It, it said you forget to make the bed. You let the cups pile up in your room. You're up all night with racing thoughts. Focus on the attention on the space in between your eyes. You already know what feels true to you. It's like let the cups pile up in your room forget to make your okay, well, bed like could not be me well maybe you you didn't put in the right birth time that could be okay that now that's true um but okay just now other times it actually has been very oh like okay this is something like maybe this is something i should think about but today it was just like who is writing this um right there's Let's see what mine says m- mine says okay at the bottom mine says icebreaker your biggest regret is time wasted excuse mm. me <laughs> time wasted okay what does mine say savor pleasure but don't try to take it captive mm. savor pleasure but don't ah uh, yes thou shall not covet Yes. You should be a I'm Christian. Like, I, <laughs> that's not on my on my twenty. Yeah, not right now. <laughs> goals. Um, but I mean, I think that's like apt. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a good value. Okay, that's a good virtue to have, though. Yeah. Um, it tells me to do full disclosure, ripe fruit, and long kiss. See, yours is so poetic. Mine's like, I don't know. be lazy. <laughs> Mine's, and then my don't say regrets, low standards, sugarcoating. 
Okay, that is that's very embarrassing. I know. Okay, okay. Uh, so here's my here's my do's and don'ts. It says for coaster: do morning mist, strong coffee, and journal, which is something I already do. Don't. Okay, what does this mean? My don'ts say freezer burn, panic mode, and static. What does that mean? Who right? Who well, writes maybe it's these? Like, maybe it's telling you to like not freak out about your whole apartment situation not forget about freak out my free my freezer burn like in my fridge maybe freezer burn like is my like freezer a metaf- burn chicken cutlets <laughs> in maybe, my maybe freezer burn is like a metaphor for something this is okay here's another one wait no okay this now this needs like an astrologer to like tell me what this means but it says on one paragraph, it says, peel back a layer with a water sun. Stop trying to hide who you are. A water sun doesn't think your presence is like a mortician. Even when you are being judgmental, they can teach you to make peace with yourself. That confused, that confused me. Extremely. And that was under your sun sign? Um, no, this is under a strange paragraph saying, pick a layer. Wait. I don't know. I'm confused. And I'm I'm the math lady me now. Like I just let's see. Let's see how other people feel about me. Um, because I'm a Scorpio rising, I think. Scorpio moon. Um for okay, other people, Scorpios aren't afraid of most things. No pain, no darkness, no death. They confront the truth head on. Yep, I would say that's pretty apt. Well, Maddie, on your page, when I click on your page, mm-hmm. like it says, Josh, you're drawn drawn towards playfulness, and Maddie prefers to be loyal. They are creating the conditions for you to be yourself right now. All you can do is start from the places you both are, flip to the new page, and write their name over and over. Okay, but here's the thing: the way yours read. It literally narrates our lives. You will like open CoStar and it will say something like, you are doing a podcast with this cancer I know. sun and, like, and like, Scorpio you, it says, moon. Like, sometimes it says that you're editing like sound. You need to do shit. audio stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. It literally, it's literally said, Josh, you and this cancer, you and Maddie are joined together by audio or something. It's very creepy. I don't, I don't like know. it. I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. <laughs> All right. Do you want to see this humidifier I just got? Um, because I'm about to crack. Yes, please. It. Oh my god. That's <laughs> it's it's truly made for a conference room. <laughs> and I just had it over here. It's another apartment thing where it's like it's so ungodly dry in here um mm. it had to happen it's disgustingly huge but it works well i've been using an essential oils humidifier yeah that's I, really I like nice those. that has yeah. been helping with my sleep tremendously i just uh and i've also been playing a lot of brown noise to fall asleep okay i've been really researching this um I'm trying to find like the perfect Hertz level 
mm-hmm. for yeah. um uh, like hertz level sound frequencies for different things um and different arrangements of frequencies that are supposed to ostensibly like cleanse you help you focus um like the whole binaural beats whatever Mm -hmm. um because i really like those tibetan bowls like tibetan bowl uh, playlists on spotify but then i get into this loop of like I need to find the perfect Tibetan bowl because some bowl sounds are too high. And I'm like, I'm not really feeling this bowl right now. And some bowl sounds are too low. And I'm like, this is not a sleeping sound. This is like a walking sound or a focusing meditation mm-hmm. sound. Um, I don't know. These are the things I think about. I will like scroll through um, five different, like th- hundreds of different uh, songs but they're just they all sound like blah you know what I'm saying yeah 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 I like to listen to like um rain sounds that's usually what I defer to as well the rain I, is just so soothing it's yeah it's usually the best there's Let nothing the rain else fall down I'm coming mm-hmm. clean yeah I'm, really I'm yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm showered I'm being showered by my gigantic humidifier I don't know what Um, it is about like the rain that is like so soothing. Maybe it's like a rebirth thing. Well, we're we're, uh, 90% water, so. Oh yes, I learned that from Avatar, the way of water. (laughs) They literally say like in the movie, like we start as water and then we go back to water. Mm -hmm. It's true. I mean. Avatar was visually stunning. It was visually but, stunning. Okay, the, so the, the script was shit. <laughs> so this was the new James Cameron you saw. Yes. I shouldn't say it was shit. It was just it was just not very good. Like it wasn't good writing. That's what I'll yeah. say. It was like very like basic. It's those it's those kinds of movies where they do the opposite of what you're taught in school, where some sequence of action will happen and then one of the characters repeat what the audience just saw like the audience mm-hmm. is dumb somebody will get shot and a character will be like oh no you've been shot you know mm-hmm. it happens yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah well and and like also i felt like i was watching like a sequel to titanic because it has like a sinking boat sequence in it as well mm-hmm. Which I mean, yeah. like, I won't, I won't, I mean, I don't think it's like, that's like a, like a, a mark against the film. Like it's, it was very entertaining to watch. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It was um, long. Yeah. Um, I watched, I yeah. got halfway through it. I just decided it was the lesbian Joker. Um, Oh, Maddie, it's it's I, good. It's so I good. just was I got so bored. I I just I was like I don't have time. I you know I, I kind of liked the pacing of it. Um, the script was. Uh, it was okay. It was good. You have to finish know. it. The the ending I know. is like a yeah the, yeah. You just have to finish it. Yeah, I think so. There's a theory. I don't know if this is like giving it away, but there's a theory that she's dead the entire time with that movie uh, too. if she is dead the entire time then who are the students interacting with 
Or maybe she's in purgatory. I guess this is another all that jazz. Uh, Well, that's what I'm saying. I think like that's, yeah. It was, yeah. It's like whiplash in purgatory. Yeah. Well, I I love the scene where she's at Juilliard. Yeah. She's like, (laughs) don't be so eager to be offended. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I... (laughs) I, I don't know what to, I didn't know what to do with that scene. And it made me not like her character at all because it was so annoying. Like, okay, we get it, you know. I wasn't really rooting right. for her in that sense, you know. I was like, a professor that I respect wouldn't be, act so psychotic like that. Like a professor, maybe if you had those it's like a good professor asks questions like the students should be just as much the teacher as the teacher is to the students and always a professor should always encourage an open conversation and ask just as many questions as the student should ask because that's how you respect the your students intellectual freedom and that's how like, right. amazing conversations happen that's what i we did in well, our I'm- survey class and educational like academic inquiry you know like yeah yeah but it was I mean it's just entertaining to watch oh of course know. of course <laughs> she's that was, if it was funny fish. it was funny yeah because she was I, being so rude I do feel for Lydia Tarr I really do feel for her that's the that's why you gotta watch the end I liked her I liked her wardrobe she did have really nice wardrobe very sleek mm-hmm well put together well put together lesbian yeah you gotta watch it just finish it yeah (laughs) i will um but do you have any other thoughts on all that jazz um i don't have any other thoughts on all that jazz i just love how in every bob fossey piece it like always there's always like the dream performance space and like that's what he does in, in all that jazz with like that is the, the, true. The, the the purgatory limbo state with Jessica Lang and like it's just like yeah. really weird and dark. It feels like the Black Lodge. Yeah, it feels like the, I'm inside. Beach. Yeah, it feels like I'm inside a disco ball in space. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. Well, I also loved the erotica scene. Because it really showed like the animosity between art and commerce. And like See, the pure the puritanism of like the bit like the producers and the sexuality of the performers. Was and that I, the I, one where they were in the dark and it was mostly yes, like black? Smoke. Yes, and there was smoke. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they were all like I liked the, that. The male dancers were in dance belts, which I just <laughs> I also had a conversation about dance belts this morning. There's no Paul, I mean Paul was like, what is that? And I was like, you don't want to know. I think that they're they're really sexy. Yeah. I love not seeing a man and a, a male dancer in a dance belt. Something about the word belts just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know why. <laughs> There's like, I don't know. That's the that's why you go to the the ballets for the <laughs> for the male dancers. Well, on to Chicago. Um <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> when when did Chicago come out? I don't know, but it's I feel like it came out 
ages ago because like 19, I, early 1970s it had to have or mid 1970s what really because well, well, bob fossey would have been directing it what i didn't i didn't even know that's I've how we got that's how he got the that's how he got the idea to call all that jazz all that jazz because he was working on oh. Chicago and on another film called Lenny at the time and it was stressing him out and yeah um <laughs> well i will say i saw the musical Chicago in the West End in 2012 and oh I, interesting i honestly thought it was just okay it's a dance musical it's just dancing like that's truly all it is. It's not a huge, big, large scale, um, lot of set, no big backdrops. It's truly like the production I saw. Tables and chairs, they fly in and out. Everything's black and the rest is dance. That's kind of what it is. And yeah, well, it's very Chicago, simple. Chicago is like such a staple on Broadway. I don't so know I'm why. It's interesting that you saw it in, in London. I'm curious, like, if the, how different it was probably not different at all but. no it's very it's very low overhead <laughs> that's kind yeah. of how i feel well amazing I, amazing dancing dance yes i mean, the, the, i always the style is like very fascinating to watch i mean that was the other thing that i want to say about all that jazz it was like it was nice to see ben vereen in it at the end here's a take if fossey uh like dance style is the predominant, uh, you know, style in inspiration, like dance style that was, has been taught for the last, like maybe, if maybe 50 years, I don't know, long, the long time, the new mm -hmm. like theatrical dance style is a strange uh, combination of hip hop, and crumping, but in a musical way. Yes, it's the that's Andy that's, style. Yeah, and that also it's, inherits it's it because it's inheriting like the generation before, which is also more Fosse, Baryshnikov, mm -hmm. and it's this weird combination of these two styles, where it is strange looking. Yeah, I hate it. It's it's, like, it's so gay looking. It's like what yes, it's so. Oh, I hate it. It's bad. Uh, like, it it's, doesn't look good on men. It looks okay. no. It doesn't no, look it good doesn't. on women. <laughs> like it just doesn't work. No, no, for exactly. me, it's, for me, in terms of taste, it doesn't work for me. No, I I'm right there with you. It yeah, it doesn't. Like I saw. It, even in Hades Town the other night, like they're mm -hmm. it, they were doing a little bit of it. It's just like this weird, the like, weird, like the way that the body is structured. It's like because it's very like straight. There's no like fluidity at all anymore. Well, that's fine. It, it's like I actually love and respect. You know, I'm a whatever. I'm a hip hop head, I guess you could say. But I'm like, this is what's like being done now is like this very strange um, uh, combination of theater jazz. Like mm -hmm. up until like the last 10 years, um, any kind of musical dance is predominantly like jazz based. And that uh, through the evolution of like jazz and like Hamilton, and, like hip hop and like main hip hop is like mainstream, and, like 
that's amazing, but it looks, it has like the strange, like Frankenstein combination where mm-hmm. I don't know if it's for me. Cause I, I prefer like, just if I want to see like someone dance hip hop, like I want them to like, I want it to be step up. You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh like, yeah. Step up is amazing. <laughs> I love stuff. Yes. Up. Like that's, that's what I want to see. You know, I want to <laughs> see it be step up. I don't want to see it be. So I don't know. My, I like the room where the reason, it happened. <laughs> the reason that the cats movie like failed, you know, it's not because like it's because they had the damn, yes, they had the Hamilton choreographer do it. And yeah. like, so they totally like disregarded Jillian Flynn's, I think mm-hmm. that's her name, um, her choreography, legacy, from the original cats. Yes. And yeah. she was like very, like, like sh- her body was like like moving like very wavy and and she was like really influenced by like paganism and like that's yeah, why like cats is a dance musical like the dancers yes. carry that show and um and it's a dance you just can't do project. it i'm sorry no i'm sorry but it's really just it's a no for me for me it's a no but um yeah Chicago came out in 1975. You know, I've seen this. I've seen the um, live. Mm-hmm. I've seen the production live. I've seen the movie a gazillion times. It's only okay. I don't know why it's called Chicago. There's no reference to Chicago. There's no song Chicago. Nobody <laughs> makes any kind of localized, locale specific references. It's this very ambiguous, like gangster caricature and then they just decide they talk about taking them to the cook county jail oh wait they do yeah i watched the movie i rewatched the movie today they talk about going to the cook county jail and then at the end i mean this is in the movie this isn't like a stage show oh see that's that's what then i must i must have beef with i haven't read the i haven't read the the stage show but and in the movie, they show the Chicago theater because that's where Velma and Roxy perform at the end. Well, that's very nice. Um, but <laughs> I've still seen the movie so many times. And like that, that is a movie where, why do I feel like the intention was to ride on the Moulin Rouge coattails. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like the, that the, is the uber maximalism of the, it. Well, the intention behind that kind of movie, it reminds me so much of the music video we kind of Moulin Rouge. Oh, yes. In terms of like the production, the direction. I well, don't know. For, to me, kind of, that's what kind of I feel in like. the same period of time. I mean, Moulin Rouge is like late. Yeah. 19th century early 20th century and then Chicago's like the 1920s so I mean they're they're not like that far away in terms of oh well I mean in terms well in terms of like the both of the movies Uh when they were made well and I I was I was what I was re-watching the movie today and I kept thinking like the what Rob Marshall the director is doing is very similar to what Bob Fosse does where like every musical performance is like a dream sequence coincidence heightened you know mm-hmm, and then like yeah. the, and then like there's the the plot that is going on outside of it and that's kind of what bob fossey is known for yeah it's almost every 
that's just funny. It's like everything that has to do with dance is like, this is out completely outside and like in somebody's head, it's outside reality. It's this very internal expression physically that's embodying something either. I don't know. It's, it's very, it's such an amazing art form. I'll never be able to do it. <laughs> I, well, yeah. Like that. And I think that's how like musicals sh like should be in a sense, like they should like the song should be like, so, the, in the moment should be so out of this world that like they're they're forced to sing you know yeah and, and that's and i don't know you just don't get but we should not be forced anymore. to sing we should not be forced to sing so much that we injure ourselves right. that's also how a lot of things are written as well right yeah and a lot of musicals now are like rock like that like really like dear evan hansen rock See, that to me is not alt rock. rock. Yeah. It's not even alt rock. Like that is pop alt, rock. Alt, yeah, alt rock. You know what I'm saying? Alt, 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 it's like Midwest. It's alt rock, mid Midwestern emo, punk, post-punk, bubblegum, strange uh -huh. yeah. situation. Uh-huh. Music. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally there with you. Well, and I love, I mean, I love the score to Chicago. Yeah. Because John Kander, hometown boy, wrote the music. He also wrote oh, and yeah. he, him and Fred Ebb, iconic duo. Uh, I don't know. They wrote the it music to Cabaret. That's that's true. That's true. They did. They did. I'm trying to that's think of true. what else have they written? They wrote the New York, New York theme. King of the Hill. Hey. Honestly. Well, and that's coming to Broadway this year, too. Lin-Manuel Miranda's producing it. He's, he's colonizing the landscape. I mean. This can't, it, this can't happen. No, this cannot. It, we cannot allow this to continue. I mean, although, like, it's good that there is someone who is like so dominating the scene that like it creates it healthy competition. Yes, it allows for like other people to, to like mm -hmm. define themselves against it, you know. Yeah. It allows really... me to put my foot down and declare <laughs> once and for all draw a line. Has in the to sand. be yeah, draw a line in the sand. <laughs> Although I really don't have like I to me, I view Lynn Memo Miranda like the Hillary Clinton of theater. To me, he's like the Hillary Duff of theater. Oh, <laughs> you know stop. what I'm saying? Don't drag yeah. Hillary Duff. <laughs> no, I, Hillary Duff. I mean, that's. A, I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean, okay. More as very like, you know, she's not in like a very bubbly, poppy, happy. You yeah, know? happy. Yeah, I mean, Lin-Manuel Miranda is just like a theater nerd who loves theater, which I mean, like, I can't fault him for that. Yes, it's a great art yes. form. We can relate. Yes, we can there's relate. A lot of, there's a lot of aggregate values. Yeah. We have here, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm reading the Wikipedia and it also says that the musical Chicago is based on another play by Maureen Dallas Watkins. And it's the same title. It's like called Chicago. And it's mm -hmm. uh the play it's a satire based on two unrelated 1924 court cases involving two women who murdered? Yeah, who who yeah, who killed. 
Balua Anon and Belva Gertner. I don't even finish those. <laughs> those and, those oh, are drag she, queen names. <laughs> well, we'll get to drag queens later. Because um, Jinx Monsoon is now playing Mama Morton on Broadway in Chicago. Which she's probably really good in that role. I actually hear she's really talented. I heard that she's very yeah. talented. And yeah. she's like really smart in terms of like mm-hmm. musical theater. Like she knows yeah. her shit. Yeah. She knows her references. Yeah. Um, but uh Maureen Dallas Watkins was a Chicago Tribune reporter, and that's why she like what was she was covering those trials. Oh. So maybe the, maybe the connections to Chicago are, are far deeper. Probably. We, we know. And the musical just like kind of like had to like get rid of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't get know. A palatable show for like the popular audience. Yeah, know? it's this weird, uh, caricature gangster kind of Al Capone, whatever. Like you know, it's very strange. And you, but there's a low barrier to entry essentially. But I mean, it's a great musical in the sense. No, of it is. It, it shows like how we. Um, how our fascination with like murderers you know and how yeah female murderers yes strange and revenge female rage yes well and like i was scorn of a woman i was even saying like roxy has a lot of envy in her you know Mm -hmm. of velma she wants what velma has and eventually and like Mm -hmm. throughout the show they're in competition with each other they're trying to put the other one down in, in the press to get the notoriety Mm -hmm. that they want but then eventually once they're both eaten up by the press and spit out they have to like come back together and 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 you know tear apart. what'd you say that's true i said that's true that's oh, I thought you were saying something about Lydia Tarr. i thought you were saying something about lydia tar and i was like, like no, no, no 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 i'm over her you're over her yeah. But I, and oh, one, um, what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I just had some notes. Yes, please, please. Oh, it was, I, well, I'm going to, I would have to change the subject. So, but. Oh, well, I was going to just say that Cell Block Tango also like shows like the, the dark power of woman to crush and destroy men. <laughs> he had it come. So true. He had so it true. coming. And I love that that song is like, every theater kid's dream they want to perform that number yeah that is true i don't and know I, why and i love the the part where Catherine and zero jones is like the dirty bomb 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 and it builds i love that part and they're like See, marching towards the camera <laughs> you know it's fab- it's fabulous for me my favorite my favorite numbers in any musical is always the opening number, like the start All that of the beginning, like just the reveal. Yeah, I don't know why. It's maybe, I don't know. I I'm just, a, we've been over this. You're a torch song ballad gay and I'm uh-huh. just an opening number gay, you know? <laughs> no, I love that journey for you, Maddie. I think that's I really like, my thing is like, I just love the opening like, Da, 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 like the whole like here it is you mm-hmm. know like a, well, any opening of a first act second you know but i feel like that doesn't happen often anymore you don't see that 
or like yeah. at least like the opening numbers are very like boring now well I'm don't know I don't really see a lot a lot of musical theater. to begin with yeah I don't get out much um well it's like you think of like rent like when the show starts it's quiet like they're they just walk on well no and the no, same no, thing no, in no, Oklahoma- the, the, the opening number is very powerful oh well yeah rent yes I guess yeah Mm-hmm. I take I'm, back I'm talking I about in, in terms of the songs, you know. Yeah, I take back mm-hmm. what I said. Redacted. Yeah, redacted. Uh-huh. Everybody, every all musical theater writers know how to write a good opening number. Yeah. There's everything is like really powerful now. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have to go over like some books that have changed my life. Um, oh my god. I am. I'm finishing uh, Leave Society by Tao Lin. Um, that's pretty, that was, that's pretty good. Um, you know, I'm very concerned about my uh, teeth. Your teeth. Oh, he talks a lot about like Age of Mercury. So he talks a lot about in his book about the Age of Mercury up until just like within seven years ago. Um people, dentists were allowed to put a certain kind of mercury, like mercury was like sort of included in like people's fillings, cavity fillings. Uh And some um, substances have since been, um, you know, outlawed, I guess, or illegal. Now we're not supposed to use those chemicals anymore for fillings, I guess. Um, And a lot of the like story circles around him trying to get his parents mercury fillings taken out because they affect um your health and like your mental well-being yeah they make you brain yeah um and he like has like like this encyclopedic amount of references because he spends so much time reading about the human body and other scholarly uh like medical journals there's like a book I really want to read. He references called the 24 hour mind. And it's about your mental faculties and the relationship with sleep. But something really sweet I read um, recently when I was reading this book is that he was talking to like his girlfriend or whatever about how this, the book, the 24 hour mind says sleep is a way or dreams are a way of the brain cleaning itself yes like that is just everything you see in your dream is just your brain like just going like I'm cleaning everything Mm -hmm. because when you dream that's when you know you've got REM sleep and that is the REM sleep is like your north star to being well rested and be able being able to perform well do your work sufficiently um and that was really nice it's it's like oh yes like I must I must clean my brain um yeah my husband always says like you have to go to sleep you have plaque on your brain (laughs) because if I stay up too late (laughs) but I mean and then I actually believed him and I had to look into that because um that's that was that frightened me (laughs) well yeah I mean I've been really vibing with Talon lately because of his autism essay that he wrote about how he like affect he like essentially cured his autism 
through like yeah. diet and exercise. I remember when I read that article, I had to like put it down because I was like, this is hitting too close to home. <laughs> I mean, it really, the, you know? the part where he talks about the mom who's like, who's the primary caretaker for her son who has like mm-hmm. severe autism. Mm-hmm. And she was like, when I die, like he has to come with me. That like really mm-hmm. like for me. Like I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. It was, it's scary stuff. But it's very fascinating, and well, and I, I like he's a good he's like, like very- rep- he's a good like um curator of uh r- like uh theoretical like I guess like scientific theory. He's a good curator of scientific theory. Yeah, and he's it's not that he crit- has any like. He just curates like other people's studies and other people's theories, and like that's how everything is sort of put together. Anyway, so that's yeah. That. I like I I really like his like kind of like natural, just like na- like natural everyday like uh like science. You know, have you that, heard like, him? Have like you heard very, his like... podcast interviews? No. Oh, you would love those. And then, and because he dropped some knowledge that would blow your mind about aliens and stuff if you're into that. <laughs> and like the lies, the government, like the CIA has been hiding from us. Like it's just fun stuff. Well, he's very Rousseauist. Like he's, I mean, even just like the title Leave Society is a very like Rousseauist idea. We need to go over this because you're starting to say everything is Rousseauist. I need to understand. <laughs> So like Rousseau, like Rousseau, his whole idea is that like he's going against Christianity natural, by saying that we, world. yeah, he's going against Christianity by saying that like we're actually like born good, and that every in society like we are in chains, and that society is like making us do bad things, which isn't mm-hmm. like not all, like. It is like there is some truth to that. There, are, like mm-hmm. society does, societies do make bad, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look what happened with COVID. Like that was a, a failure of society. I feel like, but then yeah. like you, but like we need society. You know, mm-hmm. like we can't just like not have a society. Mm-hmm. So it's like you do need to leave society at some point. But it's like at a certain point you got to come back to some society to like. Well, his whole, his whole, um, his whole tip is in this book is that there was a study by an anthropologist that escapes my mind that he read about. And this person said that um, humans used to live in um, partnership societies before Mm -hmm. civilization or something. And um, once we, when we lived in partnership societies, um, they, those people worshiped goddesses and everything operated around women, um, serving, like being, being the sole responsibility for the, um, the human race and Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. once there, there was a, once there, there be eventually there was this weird time where there was a turnover in how many societies and he gives like, um, the, he's got like these pages on like Chinese, um, 
through the history of like the Chinese like dynasties and everything and how there was this because Chinese like history is extremely extremely like so yeah. there's just so much time involved wow. and there's so many different kind of empires involved and so many different people it's very complicated mm-hmm. but he says that um there was a strange turnover from partnership societies to dominator societies and that's when the like patriarchy like began you know mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff um and then there became like this new exchange of and new exchange and division of labor and that's like defined society today and it all goes back to the industrial revolution really um no it doesn't go back to the industrial revolution it goes back to well maybe you you need something there um but like he goes like way 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 back no like uh like indigenous like not like indo-european like mesopotamia kind of times like ancient like really ancient times um but anyways on to the next thing i finished um how should a person be by sheila hetty and um it was really lovely i just bought it (laughs) it is amazing i loved it i want to read all of her her books um and she talks a lot about yeah it's about procrastination basically it's about commitment and committing to the bits it's about clown school it's about (laughs) theater it's about the theater community it's about writing a play it's so good um wow and it's about how future career aspirations implicate the past always if she says something like that's very powerful in this book about how like when we have future career aspirations we don't uh fantasize about um the career itself we fantasize about and we don't fan- even fantasize about doing the work. We fantasize about being the person who worked. Like I'm the person who worked past tense. That means by virtue of someone having this fantasy, it, that means in the present, they're not yet the person who worked, even though they may have worked yesterday and the day before. According to their fantasy, there's this gap of time in between their present self and their future self that they have not worked. And they can choose to obfuscate like the pain and suffering it takes to get to to fill that gap uh-huh. um, but if they go and like they deviate they're not being true or complying with their fantasy even though they claim to want to have this fantasy but they're not doing the work that they you know fantasized about having in the first place when they first started their journey and there's like a psychoanalytic word for it that she brings, but and it's very, very powerful. But well, I I'm really liked this. It. I really liked this because then I was like, fantasy is a very powerful motivating tool in this sense, because if you think about it backwards and work from the back, if you want to be the person who worked, like one day I will be the person who worked. 
I'll be known as a person who worked. That implicates that in the future, I'm looking back on all this work that I've completed. I need to decide, my present self needs to decide what I put there. And if I put something different there that doesn't comply with my future-based fantasy, then I'm lying to myself, <laughs> you know? I can't wait it's to be very, very mind. It's very mind blowing. But then I was like, oh yeah, that's technically something we already intellectually know. But when you put it that way, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. When you think about I mean, your your fantasies, think about your goals, but from the back, backwards, work backwards, or think about it backwards. And it's like a, a reverse domino effect. When maybe the person in the future, like let that person fall like think about it as a reverse domino effect until it gets to you you know or maybe a forward domino effect like you have to fall forward until you get to that future person you want to be so it's like imagining myself as the the person who has done all this stuff that i dream about well because that's that's the person that you are dreaming about you're, per- you're dreaming about your future that self that has yeah. done all of this work. Yeah, yeah, but you're not you're not that person yet. Right, but it's inside me. No, it's in there. It. Well, yes, you're dreaming about it, but you not. It's how you're do you not, manifest it? I mean, you. But how do you manifest it according to your fantasy? You work. That's what the fantasy says. <laughs> your fantasy mm-hmm. says like you are literally writing you're letting your mouth write a check and your ass can't cash it unless you follow the future self that's saying like okay my i really want to be this future self that's done this work Mm. okay you intellectually know that that implies you have to do this work in between the gap the gap in Mm -hmm. between between the time of your present and your future. Like this is very simple like stuff, but it's yes. just thinking of it from a different backwards perspective. <laughs> well, and it also reminds me of like when Kim Kardashian said like, nobody wants to work <laughs> anymore. Like it's so true. Like- No, actually I literally thought the same thing when I read we this. All, we all just sit around and like, we talk about like these things that we want to do when like we're the there's only so ones many stopping things. ourselves really from doing it. Like, yeah, and there's only so many things to do. Right, because we're we've only we're only losing time. I mean, yeah, we're all like, hurtling towards so all that things. jazz and the I know and the disco ball in the future. Yeah, we can, <laughs> and one table will be doing sparkly uh, hitch kicks in the sky. Well, it did remind me. Okay, so back to all <laughs> going back to all that jazz real quick. I did think like when I die, like I do want it to be like a big old performance in a theater, and then like we leave the theater, and I'm <laughs> I'm wherever like the afterlife is. You know, that's what I want. Like my death. Wait, my dying who's experience. performing? Your ghost? Maybe my ghost. Maybe all the people. Who, body? Maybe all the people who I love who have gone before me are performing don't, in my life. Don't make them do that. But they'll want to do that because it's they. It's all about love. They love I guess me, you know, and they're welcoming me into the future. You're gonna give them a job when they're mourning. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the people who've died before me. Oh, but people, you know? excuse and me, when, the people who've died before agree, me. When they greet me in the in the afterlife, you know. So it's their it's their ghosts too. Yeah. This is happening in purgatory. 
or yes. excuse me, in heaven. Yeah, in heaven. <laughs> or whatever the hell, yeah. Maddie, like, I will greet you if I go before you. Like, I would love to. Like, <laughs> You probably will because you're a man and men- Exactly, have, die early. Yes. Die early and they're a greater risk. Well, actually, I think women are actually greater risk of- Well, you know, I was thinking the other day, like, I could probably only see, like, I can only envision myself making it to about 65. That's so sad. Don't say that. I know. Why would you say that? Because I really don't, I can't picture myself in my 70s or 80s yet. No, no, no. People, the average lifespan now, I think, goes like on average, you'll definitely make it to 75. My grandfather is 85. He just came back from New Zealand. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's hope. And he's like- extremely overweight like it's okay the human body is amazing the human body is amazing but it's also like I don't know like do I I don't know you know it's like yeah you don't you don't know but you're gonna find out if I can manage a life that like where I'm like sitting in a caftan and I have like a house full of books then I won't want to die you know and if I have a bunch of well that's easy and and anybody could do that if I have a bunch of my friends and my loved ones around me like I won't want to die yeah if I'm in my 60s but you know like I guess we don't really know but I was like the other day I was just like I can really only see myself living to 65. That's so depressing. I know (laughs) I think it's a gay man thing. I guess yeah couldn't relate. (laughs) Yeah. Well with that said that's all I have on my end. Yeah I'm I'm currently reading On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong which I never imagined my I never what is this? What? It. So Ocean Vuong is like this gay Vietnamese writer. I never imagined myself reading this. And mm-hmm. it was given to me by a man. <laughs> is it good? Um, it's it's not it's 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 like interesting. Like I'm enjoying the the mother gay son relationship. Because mm-hmm. I love, expl- I, I love, you know, a mother and her gay son. Like, I love mm-hmm. that, that archetypal story. Mm-hmm. Many such cases. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I'm also like in my sentimental era, you know, but I still like, I never imagined myself reading an Ocean Vuong book mm-hmm. ever, really. Because Ocean Vuong like just irritates me. But 2023 is a new year. It's a, mm-hmm. you know new chance new new chance to dance it's just the way (laughs) it's just the way that he like like talks and he's very like sent like tender you know Mm -hmm. he's like a tender queer and like very Mm -hmm. like you know and very precious you know but I think it's also because he's like a zen buddhist you know so Mm -hmm. you know he has this very everything has a soul yes he's very like you know and I want the coffee table has a soul Yes, the chair and I has a just soul. really, I want that, like, that vigorous, gay, homosexual energy, you know, like, that's what I want, you know, but yeah. I mean, everyone needs a place for that. Exactly. And, but, and everybody has, a, everybody has their own experience and their own voice, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm reading On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous. Nice. <sighs> Well, um, any other thoughts on all that jazz or Chicago? 
No, I'm I'm good. I live in Chicago. I was You're born like, in Chicago. I, I live this I musical every day. Can't get enough of it, you know. <laughs> and that yeah, every day my life is Chicago. So. Well, I was like thinking like Mr. Cellophane really hit me this time for some reason. Mm-hmm. I was just like we just like everybody sad, just another to- sad torch song. Yeah, everybody just what wants to be everybody just wants to be noticed you Mm -hmm. know can they get can I felt like Katy Perry's witness like can I get a witness well well also like yeah that also is what the whole move or the whole show is about mm -hmm. like Like the name on everyone's lips is going to be Roxy like it's about it's about like fame and murder and murder and fame and yeah, guns and exhausting. all that good stuff yeah. all that jazz <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right all right oh and my bad scene. and scene uh, 